Well, thank you very much, uh, Rick. And uh, it is, uh, again, a wonderful privilege and a pleasure to be with uh, everyone, and I enjoy being with uh, you brothers and sisters who are out there. Uh, it's just um, it's just a wonderful thing, and it does my heart good every time that we are able to uh, gather with you uh, in prayer. And uh, I think this is just a wonderful thing that the Lord has uh, brought about. And uh, I am in the, uh, as Rick said, I'm in the studio today, uh, and uh, the Lord has done a great work here in providing these facilities. And uh, I, I just, um, this is my first time uh, here. And and I just think, you know, th- what the Lord has done uh, here is a marvelous thing. It's just magnificent. And um, uh, maybe some of you can come and see it one day. I hope that you will get a chance to, to do that. Uh, and I'm in, I'm in the presence of a very august company here as well. So uh, uh, Stephen's here and, and Rick's here. And, uh, and so it's just, you know, it's just um, a little intimidating, uh, but uh, we'll do our best uh, um, uh, with you today. But, uh, you know, I have heard on our calls together uh, many who have prayed uh, about uh, praying for revival. And I think that's a, a worthy thing to pray for. I think that's what we should always pray for. Um, and. I've actually done studies and teaching on revival, and there are always three ingredients that are necessary for revival. Of course, prayer is one of them, as as you well know. And there's all kinds of historical um, uh, stories and accounts of uh, prayer um, starting revival. And of course, I think this prayer meeting has started uh, out of that or, or um uh, in in light of that historical event, uh, this prayer meeting uh, has emulated that. Of course, preaching is the second ingredient. A strong preaching uh, is very important. But there's also a third one, and that is God's Word. Now, that may seem like a given, but y- y- you could have prayer and preaching, and it would not make a difference unless people who make up the church— continue to be in God's Word. And so I want to focus on that third ingredient today, and this um, this is something that I somewhat annually share with my uh, own congregation uh, every year. It, uh, I guess it's my, I would call it my, um, my bathe in the Word challenge uh, that I do at the beginning of, of every new year. And, and that's because I think sometimes we as believers, if, if, if we're not careful, we can give a lot of lip service to the Bible without actually, without actually being in it. And so I want to give you uh, some things today. Uh, and I, I came across this years ago that I think will be um, a reminder to you. This, this is not going to be anything uh, deep or, or revelatory, but it's a reminder of some very simple, basic things. And uh, it's seven benefits from reading your Bible. Now, with time, I don't have time to expand on them like I, I would like to. So I'll give you these things and you can, uh, along with the Holy Spirit, go back and maybe meditate uh, upon these uh, as you you look into God's Word. 
but uh, uh, these are very simple things. Uh, and if you have your Bible with you or your phone or whatever platform you're looking at, we're looking at Psalm 119. All seven of these come from Psalm 119, which, uh, as you know, the theme, there, there's an overarching theme within that psalm, which is the Word of God. And in fact, in all 22 stanzas, the Word of God is mentioned in every single one of them. And that's how important uh, it, it, it is. And so let, let me just give these to you. Number one, the Bible will keep you from sin. Uh, as I said, um, these are, are very simple, and you know these. In fact, the verse 11 is probably one of the first verses you memorize as a believer or a young child. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The old saying is very true, and, and, and unfortunately, maybe it's become cliche. I hope not. But this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. Uh, we need to understand how significant the Bible to our uh, relationship to the Lord uh, really is. Uh, and like I say, not just talk about the Bible, uh, but actually be in the Bible. Um, I've been in ministry now for 36 years, uh, 25 of which uh, as a senior pastor. And I will say this, one of the things that I've noticed over the years uh, is that, again, there are people who will talk about the Bible. They will use, sometimes they will use verses that they've memorized when it's convenient. But every time I've, I've counseled, probably nine out of ten people that I counsel over those years, including young people, and maybe even as high as almost ten out of ten, I will ask them, well, uh, the problems that you're having, let me go back and ask you this question. Are you in the Word? And almost invariably, they will say no. Um, and that's where the trouble begins when, when we are having difficulty in our walk and our relationship with the Lord. So the Bible will keep you from sin. Number two, the Bible will lift your burdens. Look at verse 28. It says, my soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen thou me according to thy word. These, these psalmists uh, throughout the book of Psalms and whoever the psalmist was here, it could be David. But they were people, they were men in a flesh and blood like you and I. They had discouragements. They had difficulties. And he says here, my soul melteth for heaviness. There was a great burden uh, upon his heart. Uh, life was difficult. There were things that came into it that were hard. And he says, strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't other things. It wasn't even other people, although that's, that's encouraging and that's important for us to bear one another's burdens. But the primary way that we lift our burdens or our burdens are lifted is through the word of God. And he knew that it will lift your burdens. And so I want to encourage all of you out there today, whatever burdens you're carrying, take it to the Lord, of course, and as we will be doing in prayer in a moment. But go to the word. And as I like to say, bathe in it. Bathe and saturate yourself in the Word of God. Number three, the Bible will guide your steps. Another uh, familiar verse, and this one may be the most familiar. What, verse 105, look at that one. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. What a wonderful verse that is. It's a verse of guidance. Uh, 
And uh, I think you would all agree with me in this day and age in which we live, we need guidance and we need divine guidance. And this tells us that he will help us, that this word is designed to show us the way, but also how to avoid all the pitfalls, too. And maybe we're not using it effectively enough when 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 we fall into to certain things in our life and and so forth. Uh, many, many professed believers have expressed that to me. They, they, they don't know where to turn. They don't know the answer. And sometimes we don't know that right away. But I know this, that the scripture will guide us and it will help us and it will keep us from the errors the more we use it. Number four, the Bible will bring you joy. Verse 111, thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they, are rejoice, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. It will bring you joy. You know, again, I, I will say this, of all people, you and I should be the most joyful because we have the truth. We have the truth that is embodied, of course, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, he is the word. And uh, I, I told my congregation this, that over the past couple of years or so, in talking to many other pastors around the country, one of the things that we sense is there's a great sense of of discouragement upon the part of the, the body of Christ. There's a great deal of fear. There's a great deal of unease and maybe anxiousness. And those kinds of things, if we allow them to fester and we brood over them, they will rob us of our joy. And I know that we can't have, we can't always, uh, you know, uh, because of the circumstances of life, not everything is going to be joyful. But yet at the same time, we have a peace that passes all human understanding. And so within us, we can have a joy despite the things that are going on outside of us uh, in the circumstances of life. The Bible, the Bible will bring you joy. Let me ask you, have you ever been in what I call a spiritual funk uh, or, or I sometimes call it the Bible blues. You, just, you don't feel like you don't feel like doing anything. No reading, nothing. Uh, well, if, if you haven't, I have. Uh, I've been there. And um, and and isn't it interesting that when you force yourself in those those times to get in the Word, it literally does something to you physically, emotionally, and of course spiritually. It, it 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 changes us, and I don't think that is some sort of, of spiritual or pastoral rhetoric when we say that. I think that that is because the Word of God is alive and it's a living book, it's a living, breathing book, and so uh, the Bible will bring you joy. Number five, the Bible will lead you to wisdom. Verse one thirty, the entrance of thy words giveth light; it giveth understanding to the simple. And so we need a lot of wisdom in this day and age of darkness. Where do we turn? Where's our resource? It should be the scripture. And let me say this. We, uh, I talk to a lot of pastors and others, and oftentimes, uh, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, what are you reading? And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I read multiple books. I've got multiple ones going all the time. I think that's important. But here, here is my caution to all of us as believers. Let's always keep in mind that, that books about the Bible are supplements. They're not to overtake the Bible itself as far as our priority. We have to be very careful with that. They are supplements to the Scripture. 
and we should be reading the scripture. Well, I've got to move on. My time is gone. But number six, the Bible will give you peace. The Bible will give you peace. I think if I had to choose one verse that's my favorite in Psalm 119, it's this one because it's so so challenging, challenging to me personally. And it says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Or later on, uh, or, or excuse me, in other translations, I think it's uh, uh, they do not lose heart. Well, whichever the case, that what a verse that is. We live again, as I mentioned earlier, in a time where there's a lot of turmoil. Uh, believers uh, again are very fearful uh, of the future, and 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 so forth. They they have maybe interpersonal problems at their churches or at their workplace, and so. There's there's a, a great deal of, of angst going on in their life, and I know that that's, that's probably common. But again, for the believer, it, it can be different. And I want to encourage you this morning that great peace have they which love thy law. And so again, the events of life, the turmoils that come our way, you know, we can still have that peace that we talked about because we possess it. In fact, let me remind you of what the Lord told his disciples in John 14. He said, peace, I leave you. Peace, I give you. And so it's not something that we can, we hope to gain. It's something that we have if we are a child of God. Then number seven, the Bible will bring you back to God. In Verse 176, as he closes, he says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. There are times where we, where we uh, backslide, where we uh, regress maybe in our walk, and we're not doing as, uh, as good as we should perhaps. But the one thing that we need to know is that when we get back to the Bible, again, it guides us. It helps bring us back to where we need to be. And I hope that maybe this will encourage you as you uh, maybe find yourself in uh, maybe a place where you don't want to be spiritually. Uh, and maybe you can take this and, and encourage uh, others uh, as well. I, I want to end with this. Um, one of my favorite authors that I read quite often is J.C. Ryle. And J.C. Ryle has written a book entitled Practical Religion, in which he's written on a number of different subjects. And he has a whole rather large chapter that I would commend to you uh, on Bible reading, interestingly. And I just want to read you what he says here in his opening paragraph. He says, next to praying... There is nothing so important in practical religion as Bible reading. God has mercifully given us a book which is able to make us wise into salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. By reading that book, we may, we, we may learn what to believe, what to be, and what to do, how to live with comfort, and how to die in peace. Happy is the man who possesses a Bible, happier still is he who reads it. Happiest of all is he who not only reads it, but obeys it and makes it the rule of his faith and practice. And so I want to leave that with you. And, uh, and, and again, just give you the admonition of this, my dear Christian brothers and sisters. And I, I'm reminding myself of these things too. 
that the measure of our effectiveness as a child of God is dependent upon the consistency and the depth of our devotional life. And I hope that we'll remember that, that, we'll, that we will be in the Word this year more so than we ever have been. And, and to borrow a phrase from the writer of Hebrews, even more so as we see the day approaching. And may God bless you all.